Psychology Nerds, and welcome to another episode of Psychology and Stuff, the podcast out of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. I'm Ryan Martin, one of your hosts, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, the chair of the UW-Green Bay Psychology Program. She is also my friend. It's Dr. Georgina Wilson-Dundas. How's it going, G? It is going terrific. I'm so excited to talk about all of these things that are surrounding me uh, today and, um, and hear uh, your thoughts on positive emotions. Yeah, you win the best backdrop award. <laughs> right. I mean, it's always, it's always, it's some of us don't even want to compete anymore because, uh, because it seems so clear that you always have the best backdrop. So, well, I really, I really do try after we did our uh, like sense of community, uh, podcast back in January, I've been inspired to do yeah. better. <laughs> no, you know what we should, I, that's a good reason for me to, to give that a go. So I'm going to make more of an effort in the future. That is my promise right now. Hey, yay. We should tell uh, the listeners right now that we are, this is a special episode. We are doing this live on YouTube and on TikTok. Uh, we've got, uh, we're streaming to lots of places. So uh, we're going to probably be taking questions near the end of the uh, the episode. So that is the plan. And uh, I think we're going to do this a few more times potentially too. So stay tuned. Uh, I'm at Anger Professor. You can find the podcast uh, and the other live sessions there. So yeah. That is very exciting. Well, you know, um, just like last uh, episode where you got to introduce me, I am super excited um, to have you as our um, as our emotion expert today. And so I'm going to give you uh, a proper introduction, uh, even though it, it seems kind of funny for us to introduce our um, ourselves to each other. But I think that it merits it for this episode. And so uh, our, our like special it. guest today is actually our co-host, uh, Dr. Ryan Martin. Uh, he is a faculty member with me here at UW-Green Bay. Uh, he has a PhD in counseling psychology from the University of Southern Mississippi, which I've never actually said because you never call it that. You call it I call it either Southern or Southern Miss. Yes. And so I never actually like said it's full title. It's sort of like it's in trouble, you know, like <laughs> University of Southern Mississippi, you get down here right now. But oh. that's a sidebar. I will continue. <laughs> Ryan researches and teaches about emotions uh, generally, but uh, more specifically about anger um, he teaches courses in psychopathology and the psychology of emotion. He has a TED Talk. It's so fantastic. You must watch it if you haven't watched it already. It's titled Why We Get Mad. And he has also uh, authored a book by that same title. And I'm so excited to uh, maybe announce for the first time on our podcast uh, that his next book, which is titled How to Deal with Angry People, comes out in May, but you can actually pre-order it already. Uh, yeah. So we have as our special guest today, my friend and colleague, Dr. Ryan Martin. So yay. Oh, thank you so much, <laughs> G. I, I appreciate all of that. I, I want to say, so we, the, the president of Southern Miss or the University of Southern Mississippi used to always say at the end of every time he talked, he would say to the top and he would <laughs> So in my head, I hear to the top every time someone says the name of the institution. Um, wow. Well, there you go. I'm not sure what that means, but 
I, to the top it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a long name. So I just call it Southern, which is what people called it there because there's three right. big state schools and, and one of them is Southern. Um, but yeah, and then I call it Southern Miss. So yeah, you're right. I don't very cool. Very well, I'm so excited. Um, today we are talking about positive emotions and uh, I'm excited because I I think that I am like most people uh, that I have misunderstood um, positive emotions and what positive means in the positive emotions thing. And so I, I'm really excited to hear uh, some things that you have to say. Uh, I know that you've kind of boiled it down to like five things, maybe. Maybe there's so much more that we could know, but uh, I'm wondering if um, maybe you could start us off by talking a little bit about why positive emotions are considered positive emotions yeah. uh, and talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it really, you know, I think that if, if you were to ask most people uh, what, you know, what emotions are positive and which ones are quote unquote negative, what we'd hear is a lot of people would say, well, you know, in the positive category are things like happiness and excitement and contentment and love and maybe curiosity and things like that. Um, and then if you were to ask them, what are some of the negative emotions that are out there, they would point to things like, uh, like anger, for instance, uh, maybe sadness, fear, embarrassment, shame, uh, things like that. And I think that what I'm what I'm getting at and why the the title of this episode, why we put positive in quotes is because we tend to define what is positive and what is negative based on how they make us feel and not necessarily what they do for us. And so this is one of the, I've kind of, as you said, I've, I've lumped this into like five things you should know about, about, about emotions. This is the first one is we do tend to consider things either positive or negative, not based on their importance in our lives or what, what they do for us, but just based on how they make us feel. And, and this is important to me. So I, I take um, an uh, evolutionary perspective to understanding emotion. And ultimately, I would argue emotions exist because they solved some sort of survival benefit, right? They yep. solved some sort of problem for us. Um, as my, my, um, one of my professors used to say, Dr. Dr. Bill Lydon, rest in peace. Uh, he used to say they are, uh, essentially these primitive knowing systems that they served our ancestors, human and non-human. They, they gave them information they, uh, about the world. Yep. And, um, what's important to note there is that that means that our, our positive quote unquote emotions and our negative emotions, they, they give us important information about the world, regardless of how they make us feel. And that information is valuable no matter what. Um, the truth is that sometimes, and stuff we're gonna talk about as we go here, sometimes these positive emotions, they actually cause us problems. And oftentimes those quote unquote negative emotions, they actually do good things for us. They help us solve all these problems. And so really that, that disclaimer there, this idea that some are positive and some are negative isn't really rooted in what people often think it is. And I, I find that that concept was really challenging to me for some, for some reason, like I, even though I, I consider myself a scientist and a psychologist, like I, 
it it baffles me um, how strong that word positive is in um, in making me think or judge emotions as better or worse. Right. Well, you know, both you and I, I would argue, sort of were it. We were in graduate school at a time when I think positive psychology was starting to take off a little bit. And so I think that we may have had kind of a particular view of what that means kind of built into us. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the with with that view or that take so much as I think that emotions in particular, so much of what they do for us is contextual and is nuanced. And it's yeah. it's hard to to define things in this really broad with this really broad stroke of well this one's good for you and this one's not you know that it really depends on the uh, on those contexts. That that said, I mean they're positive in the sense that I mean you look at the the list you have behind you here, right? Amusement, awe, gratitude, love, hope. Those are all things I want to feel, right? I mean, <laughs> those are all things people want to. Uh, want to feel a lot of the time. I mean, I think that in many ways, those are what people are aspiring to. And so they are certainly positive in that sense. Um, it's just that fear is positive in the sense that it protects you. And anger is positive in the sense that it alerts you to injustice and energizes you to confront it. And disgust keeps you from eating stuff that's going to kill you, right? And so right. <laughs> those the, they're positive in the same way like thirst and hunger are positive because they tell you I need to drink something or I need to eat something or I'm going to die. And so they're life-saving in that way. Yes. And that that actually makes so much more sense. I think one of the confusing things is um, a lot of times when we talk about positive emotions in correlation with happiness. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that you have some thoughts about like happiness and how that maybe is a root for the, some of the things that are really uh, baffling about positive emotions and happiness. So can you tell tell us a little bit about happiness? Yep. Yeah. So one of the the one of the big problems I and so I, I discovered this as I was starting to teach the psych of emotion course that you mentioned in yep. the intro, um, which I've been teaching, honestly, probably 12 ish years now. Uh, yeah. It's been a while, maybe maybe longer. And But as I was teaching it, I realized as I was doing research on happiness that we tend to define it in two ways um, and that the field even seems to define it in two ways and doesn't necessarily do a great job of differentiating when it's talking about which. And so um, mm -hmm. we do this with other emotions, too. I mean, there is a um, but but here it seems particularly kind of difficult to, to wrap our heads around. So um, you can think of I mean, so there is happiness. Uh, one way we define happiness is as an emotion. And in that case, we're talking about something, we're talking about like intense pleasure uh, in response to some sort of particular event, right? And it's temporary. Uh, it results from a whole bunch of different types of things. So Georgina, what what are some things that make you happy in, in that way? Um, walking out in nature, yes. um, spending time with my family, things yep. like that. Yeah. And so for me, it might be, you know, playing a playing a game with my family, watching my kids do their sports or dance or 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 whatever, right? These things that that make me feel a certain way in that moment. Yes. And it's it's transient, right? It's it's short-lived. Yeah. Much like 
fear and anger are kind of <laughs> short-lived, right? You, you feel afraid and then you remove that stimuli that caused it and then that fear dissipates. Same thing happens with happiness, right? So I can be happy watching the basketball game and then, you know, sad or frustrated in the car on the way home because we're stuck in traffic or whatever, right? right? But then there's the other way we define happiness, which is um, like overall life satisfaction. And I mm -hmm. think this is used much more often than happiness as an emotion, especially in the research. And this is a question of when you ask someone, are you happy? Usually you're not saying like right now in this moment, are you happy? You're usually asking, are you satisfied with your life? Do you like what you're doing and who yeah. you are with and the, the world, you, how you exist in the world? And that's not an emotion. That's a, a I mean, it's, it's a collection of emotions in some ways, mm -hmm. um, but it's also a collection of life experiences and accomplishments. And I think it's important to note it's that isn't just the sum total of how often you feel the emotion of happiness. It's more of a world view and more of an outlook on kind of where you're at. Um, yeah. I was just thinking about that book, like 10% happier, like, mm -hmm. and is that, that's not talking about the emotion. It's I, not like I, I, I want to it. feel 10% happier, <laughs> like the emotion in every day. Right. Yeah. I, I doubt it. Mo most of the work out there on happiness, um, especially self-help type books, which I, I'm actually not familiar with that book, so I don't know if that's what yeah. it is, but that that kind of book is focusing more on overall life satisfaction. It's like, how can you be a happier person, but not sort of experience day-to-day -day happiness? There is some really interesting research on that, on like how to, how to experience... Yeah happiness, the emotion more often. Um, but it's, and then there's also research out there on how to have, how to be more satisfied with your life. Um, actually, one of the things I do in my class is I just, to, to cut down on this confusion, I just tell them we're going to call happiness joy, right? The emotion we're going to call joy. And then, Here we go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then happiness overall life satisfaction is we're just going to call that happiness. Um, yeah because of, because of that confusion. Um, and, you know, in the research on like what makes people happy life satisfaction wise is actually really fascinating and really important. Um, I mean, there's, there's tons there. I understand why people care more about that in some ways than just the emotion. I think it's what, what's more important to me is that people understand the difference. Right. Uh, absolutely. Especially if, happiness or joy, the emotion is a fleeting thing. Um, but still, I, I want to feel it though. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and um, are there benefits from even a fleeting amount of happiness? Yeah, I mean, I, I suspect that it would be, um, there would be correlations between how often people feel the emotion of happiness and how satisfied they are with their life. Um, but it's just also we know um, that, um, you know, people who are who tend to be angry uh, and maybe have like an angrier personality can also experience happiness very often, right? And so we, we know that there's just... There's overlap. It's a nice little Venn diagram of, of, of that sort of thing. So can you 
tell us a little bit, you, you alluded to previously um, that maybe positive emotions aren't like a hundred percent positive in their outcomes or something like, yep. like that. Can you tell, can you tell us a little bit more about what you were alluding to there? Yeah. So this is another uh, thing that's really important about emotions. I think um, one of the, the, the third thing I would say that I feel like is really critical for people to understand about, about positive emotions is that they are correlated. Happiness, we'll just go with that, right? Overall life satisfaction, we're going to talk about for, for a moment. It is correlated with all sorts of positive outcomes, right? So it's correlated with positive health outcomes, it's correlated with financial success, it's correlated with um, satisfaction with work, higher self-esteem, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And one of the big questions then is, well, what's what's causing what? I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe you're happy because all those things are going right for you. And if you take those things away, then you'll be sad. Um, the the but then the flip side can also be true. And, and actually this is what, um, what some scholars have found. In fact, there's this really great article. Um, so uh, there's an author uh, who, who writes about this a lot. Her name is Sonia uh, Lubomirsky. I had to look that up, how to pronounce that, Lubomirsky. <laughs> um, she's written two really interesting books, um, the, the How of Happiness and The Myth of Happiness. She's done tons and tons of research. Um, from your neck of the woods, California Riverside, actually. So there you go. Um, so uh, she, um, when I say your neck of the woods, I mean where you went to grad school, not where you live now. You. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> Very different weather, I think. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but but one of the things that they found in that research is what they refer to as reciprocal causality. That like those positive outcomes cause overall life satisfaction, but then overall life satisfaction. Um, causes those things. Um, and there's this quote that from her website that I love. Um, she said, my students and I have found that truly happy individuals construe life events and daily situations in ways that seem to maintain their happiness, while unhappy individuals construe experiences in ways that seem to reinforce unhappiness. Hmm. And so she argues that uh, that her research has essentially found that people are um, uh, that that outlook is what's really driving a lot of this. That your day to day life is is predicted by um, uh, and your happiness is predicted by outlook. And it, it sounds like rose colored glasses kind of thing, yeah. but but what you're saying is that there's some evidence mm -hmm. that. Um, that having more happiness actually does give you rose-colored glasses yeah. in some way. Well, it's funny. I was, so uh, like 20 years ago, before I came to UW-Green Bay, I was interviewing for a job. And the person who was was interviewing me, I think it was the, the dean or, or something, and they were doing tons of construction and you could hear hammering. Like <laughs> you would not believe it was just, and it was... It was super, super annoying, to, if I'm being honest. And right, I was right, thinking right. during the interview, I was thinking um, that is, I mean, I can't imagine this being just outside my office while all day long. Um, and so right. I said at one point as as we were wrapping up, I just sort of made a joke about like, well, yeah, I hope I hope this comes to an end soon or something like that. And she looked at me and she said, 
it's the sound of progress. And so it was a nice uh, kind of, um, I mean, a little bit of shaming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, my outlook wasn't good enough, um, but also like an, an interesting reframe, right? I mean, it kind of speaks to how the same exact sound could be interpreted differently by two different people. Um, Absolutely. And, and have a different worldview coming from it. So is this related to um, Barbara Fredrickson's work? Like on the, uh, I was reading about like Broaden and Bill, like a very famous article. Can you, does that fit in here? Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about that important research? Yeah, so I, I love this. Um, th this is really cool. Um, basically what, what people have argued is Okay, so we, when we have quote unquote negative emotions, the ones that make us feel bad, um, they tend to, as a result of those, the, the first thing that happens when we feel scared, for example, is we become fixated on the thing that's scaring us. Mm -hmm. Everything else becomes uh, unimportant to us. Um, and so it's it's part of, I mean, it, and that makes, of, of course, makes sense, right? That is a threat. Right. We should be focused on this. It's like the time... It's so funny. People had warned me about this, that this could happen. I, so I was in a car accident, like, again, 30 years ago, probably. Um, and everybody was fine. We were good. Car that I hit, uh, I rear-ended, had driven off, all that solved. And I was so distracted by everything that I stepped right into traffic. And another car I had to slam on the brakes to keep from hitting me, right? So I... and. It was one of these things, and it's because, like, in those moments, we become so fixated on the thing we're dealing with that we lose sight of all these other things. And I had honestly been warned at, at one point, "Hey, you'll be so distracted that you will, you know, that that right that can happen." So, but what's interesting is, so uh, what Fredrickson and others have have identified is, well, why? What happens when we're happy? Right. I mean, we don't get fixated. And and so Fredrickson argued, well, the opposite happens. We become open to new experiences. We um, become curious. We become creative. We are more playful. Um, and that's ultimately what what's found. So this broaden and build my uh, idea is when you are happy you become more willing to consider new ways of thinking about things. You become more creative. Um, you're, you're willing to explore. It's really, it's ultimately some of the, the work of, you, you've probably at some point seen like, um, uh, this is really popular over the last 20 years or so, like Google's headquarters is this really fun, playful environment. They've got slides, they've got relaxation chambers, they've got food within like 30 feet of every human being there. I mean, there, there's all sorts of things that is rooted in this idea that you want a, uh, a happy, fun space because that's what breeds creativity uh, mm -hmm. and so forth. And what, what they found through their research, what Fredrickson has found is uh, basically all the research on this sounds really fun. It's you, you induce a mood and then you ask people to do things, right? So you, you make them happy um, by, you know, maybe watching a comedy or something like that, do something amusing. And then you say things like, hey, how many uses can you find for a pencil? Right. Uh, and you see how many they come up with. 
or you maybe you play a game with them like uh tribond or something like that like games yeah. that that in that requires some creativity to think broadly about things and they find that when people are happier they're more successful um at, at those things they come up with more uses for the pencil they're they're better at the game whatever when they're in a when they're in that sort of good positive mood um, and so that that makes me think that maybe a positive mood is positive like has <laughs> positive outcomes <laughs> for us in yep. some ways um but can it go too far like <laughs> yes can we like not be able to concentrate because we're having so much fun on the slides and whatever yeah i mean that's that's the the issue and that's what makes the the benefit or the value of emotions contextual because mm -hmm. yes it's great to be creative as long as creativity is what the situation requires where you have a problem, though, is in a circumstance where being creative and being open-minded isn't isn't what's going to get you to success. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, for instance, one thing we can see is, um, you know, like creativity is great. And then you hit a point where, well, no, there's a deadline, right? We're, we, we no longer want to be creative right now. We need to be focused. We need to be fixated on getting this thing done. Um, that's one issue. But we also see, um, you know, let's just take the most extreme version of, of joy. And we'll think of, the, some people will probably quibble with this, but like mania um, mm -hmm. or someone who's in a manic episode. Yep. That is someone who is feeling so on top of the world that they fail to see the consequences of some of the, the actions. They, they engage in risky behavior or reckless behavior because it feels like nothing can kind of stop them, right? And that can, I mean, we have evidence of people who are, you know, subtracting the mania piece and just saying people who are really happy, they make more risky decisions um, because they're not as able to see those potential consequences. And so, yeah, happiness is great. Um, I actually think about this stuff all the time as a teacher. I think about what kind of environment do I want my classroom to be? Right. Um, and if what I'm looking for on a particular day is creativity, then you've got to make it, yeah. you got to make sure they're feeling happy. And if you're wanting uh, is, uh, you know, they've got to be fixated on a deadline. Well, then you've got to shift the mood a little bit. Um, right. Yeah. Hmm. I, I wonder if this is related to that term toxic positivity, which I don't know much about, but like, is that related? Like, is that part of being where positivity turns toxic? Yep, I, I think it can be. I think there's there's probably a couple reasons for toxic positivity, but usually um, toxic positivity, oftentimes, I, I think when, when people talk about it, they're thinking of, or it seems to occur in relationships or social interactions, right? Where it's, you know, you come to me and you tell me that, hey, something bad has happened and I swoop in with, everything's going to be just fine, Georgina, don't worry about it, right? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to fight through this. And it, it ends up feeling really minimizing to the, mm -hmm. to the person um, yeah. and, and, and might not even be honest, right? I mean, you might be really dealing with a problem and I'm not just blowing it off, but I'm also like failing to solve it or help you solve it. Right. Right. The, the, um, I think it, I think toxic positivity seems to come from two places. One is, um, 
uh, one is that sort of such a positive outlook that one right. is that happiness piece that you're just such a happy person that you sort of feel like things are going to work out in ways that that could actually be bad the other is i think maybe some social immaturity um mm -hmm. that you know you just in this rooted honestly it probably comes from a good place which is i don't want my friend to be sad so right. i'm going to try and help them not be sad um and so there's a little bit of emotional immaturity there and and you don't necessarily realize that you're you're minimizing their feelings in that moment or that maybe this is something they should be sad about or, or whatever. Absolutely. So like you have, I, I feel like you've, we've talked about four of your five tips yes. and one of them I'm going to like dunk down for those of you watching like a video, um, like we've, we've talked about like all sorts of positive emotions, but, um, gratitude is one that's been getting a lot of like media coverage and a lot of uh, people talking about like creating a gratitude practice. Like they, it's, uh, it's become like a buzzword kind of thing. Um, what, what about gratitude? What do we have to say about that? And maybe there's questions in the, are there questions not so, yet. No. So if you got questions, let, let me know um, whether you're watching on TikTok or on YouTube. Let me know. Cool. So tell us something about like gratitude and how it relates to like maybe happiness and, and other positive emotions. Yeah. Gratitude is particularly fascinating to me because if ever there is a, a experience that seems to have a real um, nuanced sort of relationship with success and positive outcomes, it's this. There is no denying that gratitude is good for us if we want to feel happy, right? There's tons and tons of evidence of that. And I think I think a lot of that media buzziness that you were yeah. talking about is really rooted in some good research that says if you want to be happier, have a gratitude practice, right? You know, wake up every morning and first thing you do is come up with the five things that you're thankful for. Or, um, you know, at the end of every day, take a couple minutes to write down the things that went well that you're that you're grateful for, you know, to do that every day. And, and all of that makes sense. Um, there's actually some, some research more recently that I, I was really interested in because um, for a long time, people have talked about, hey, if you're really mad at someone, um, write a, write an angry letter and then, um, but don't send it, right? Just, um, don't share it with them, just write it, get it out and whatever. And, and the, the, the success of that is actually a little bit mixed. And sometimes it just isn't there at all as a, as a good approach to dealing with anger. Um, but more recently there was an article that came out that said writing a grateful letter and then sharing it with the specific person you are grateful for does, um, uh, does a lot for you, right? That it it actually that even more than not sharing it or sharing it publicly for the whole world, but sharing it with just the specific person that you are grateful for um, does the most uh, has the most benefit. So in that sense, Georgina, you're going to be getting a letter from me soon. <laughs> I'm so excited. So. And and I actually sent you a, a gratitude email just last night. Uh, it was my birthday. And um, although maybe 
You might have forgotten just for a few moments. I, I failed um, early on. Blamed it on your to-do list, <laughs> like a debacle. But um, it was very kind. I, I I got to celebrate my birthday at work, and it was lovely. And I practiced some gratitude there as yeah. well. So, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we should tell people that I <laughs> I remembered in the morning. It was actually, I felt like I couldn't message you yet because it was too, I was worried it was too early, which is weird because I know you get up really early. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then I, 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 but when I saw you and I actually was interacting with you, I had, I forgot you reminded me I felt terrible. So I, <laughs> I ran around campus and just purchased gifts for you from random people and brought them back. Yes. It worked delicious? out really to my favor. <laughs> Was that muffin delicious? Because it looked delicious. It was delicious. Okay, good. And I got like chocolate bars. And yeah. It was pretty fantastic. Excellent. Uh, yeah. well, well, good. Well, But so here's the interesting thing to, to get back to the grateful piece. Yep. The, the interesting thing about it is that, that for yes, gratefulness is good and, and makes us feel better or happier, but um. It, it also seems to facilitate obedience. And so there's a study mm -hmm. in 2021 came out, uh, Tong and colleagues, uh, it is in the Journal of Emotion, gratitude facilitates obedience, uh, new evidence for social alignment perspective. Basically, they did a bunch of research where uh, uh, emotion research is always really fun because you induce the mood in the, in the lab, right. essentially, a lot of the time. And they um, using gratefulness practices like we've described, they would induce um, uh, great, uh, gratefulness. And then uh, what they would find is that in those moments when people were feeling grateful, they were less likely to kind of rock the boat. They were more obedient and they were, they were more likely to do essentially what was, uh, what was asked of them in, in these particular situations. And the idea is that when you are grateful, you realize that you have a lot to lose. And so because oh. you realize you have a lot to lose, you're less likely to shake things up uh, and you're less likely to challenge authority and so on. And so the true cynic out there in me uh, sort of feels like maybe all this focus on gratefulness that we're seeing from the media is, is an attempt to keep people uh, sort of content with the status quo, even though the status quo isn't always working out so well for people. Huh. Like, it's sort of like the uh, hashtag blessed thing that was like popular like yes. 10 years ago or, or whatever. Like, you don't want to mess with that. If you're hashtag mm -hmm. blessed, you don't want to keep being blessed. And so you just don't do anything yeah. that would mess that up kind of thing. Yep. I mean, I, I remember talking to people who said, you know, I was, they were really cavalier with their jobs or whatever early on in their career because they felt like they didn't go, well, well I, I'll get fired and then I'll get a different job, you know, but then as they progressed and they, they had kids and they had, you know, they felt like, okay, I, I'm really thankful for this stability right here. They became very reluctant to challenge authority the same way. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, I think ultimately it's um, that that gratitude maybe decreases some of the the riskiness or the desire for for riskiness, which maybe is good sometimes, but also potentially has, has consequences if you're willing to accept, um, you know, unfair practices and, and so on. Hmm. 
interesting. Well, I think we're almost out of time unless there are any um, questions that you wanted to take from the chats. We do not currently have any questions in the chat. So I am, yeah, I, I think we might be done. Uh, well, tell us oops. like a, a wrap up anything um like anything that you that you didn't get a chance to to talk about that you really think is in, important or uh surrounding these yeah you know honestly i think what i would say the most important thing for me and, and something that i will admit oftentimes maybe makes people a little uncomfortable is the the need for nuance when we think about the emotions in our life. I got, I got a great question the other day on Instagram um, in response to, to a video I posted about um, you know, affective forecasting, right? Your ability to predict your emotions in a future situation. And she said, uh, doesn't, doesn't all of this focus on emotion, doesn't, don't you run the risk of being like self-centered, right? I mean, if you're, and if you're so fixated on it, and I, I mean, I think there's some real truth to that. I mean, I, I absolutely hear that possibility. The flip side is I think um, you can be there for other people in a better, more effective way when you're in touch with how you're feeling in a particular mm -hmm. moment. And so that's what I mean about the, the need for nuance, that there's there's never going to be a single thing you should do or a single thing you should feel in a particular moment um, that that is always... Or, I mean, there will be in a particular moment, but not across moments. And I think that when it comes to emotions, whether we're talking about positive ones, whether we're talking about negative emotions, whatever feeling state, I think what is probably the most valuable thing to do is to think about what they mean within the context of your life and what you should do about them. And, you know, if, if that's anger, what are you angry about? And what should you do with it? And if that's happiness, what are you happy about? And, you know, is it something you want to sustain? Is it something you want to let go? Is it something that could be informing your decisions uh, in, in other ways? You got to think about what all that means. Absolutely. And I think that um, for, for me, like carrying away from this episode is, is really to not be dichotomous in your, the way of thinking about emotions, like that none of them are like good or bad, like not being judgmental about them, I guess, yeah. or something like that. Uh, I, I love that. That's a great, great way of putting it. Like don't, don't try not to judge them, experience them, think about what they mean and think about what to do next. Absolutely. Very good been great. I love this episode. I learned so much. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise uh, in this area. Um, even though like you mostly dwell in the negative emotions that I put in air quotes, um, I, I appreciated the perspective on positive emotions as well. Yeah, this has been really fun. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me um and and to talk with me about it let's um let's see so we people should check us out it's at psych and stuff on twitter facebook and instagram georgina where can they find you at g-e-o-r-j-e-a-n-n-a-w-d excellent and i am at anger professor and you can find me on twitter facebook instagram and tiktok and youtube for that matter um, those are good places for you to ask questions, request topics for episodes, all sorts of things. 
Psychology and Stuff is a production of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. The executive producer is me, Ryan Martin, and the production manager is Rachel Scray. Our audio production coordinator is Bill Salick, and our graphic designer is Kimberly Bleas. If you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also head over to our website, uwgb.edu slash podcast to check out past episodes of this and all our shows. I'm your host, Ryan Martin, and I'm here with my co-host, Georgina Wilson-Dungess. Keep being amazing. Amazing.